Hey! <laughs> hey, welcome to Joyce Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get to it. Hey everybody! Thanks for joining us. Hello. Uh, we're gonna we're we're here for you. We're gonna sit down, have a little bit of a discussion, drink a little bit of coffee. You know, maybe maybe get to know each other a little better. We oh. all have cold coffee right now. We did, all but like have cold the purposefully coffee. cold coffee, not like it's been sitting out for yeah, no, two hours. It's not like old coffee. Yeah, no. It's just, well, I mean, I guess cold. it is kind of old coffee, it's old. but it's true. purposefully cold old Indeed. coffee. Old cold old cold coffee. Old cold. <laughs> Old man coffee. So last week, uh, Matt, we were just talking about this thing ago, and I was like, ah, we'll go and get started, and I'll tell the story on the on the show. Uh, no, it's not even barely a story. It was just, <laughs> Matt just fake cigaretted for my voice. Um, <laughs> that's not a verb. Uh, yeah, no, Ashley was just up here while I was editing, because it was late and whatever, um, and she was like, is this mic on? I said, no, but it can be. And so I just turned it on. And she she's not listened to an episode yet before. And <laughs> just went, do you guys have a theme song? And I was like, yeah. And so I just pressed play. And I always have um, uh, Quick Punch oh, enabled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I just pressed play. And I had the track record enabled from when she was already singing. Yeah. And she just started singing. And you're like, <laughs> And okay, she was like, <laughs> was that recording? And I said, yep. She said, cool. Can we listen to it? <laughs> so that, that theme song last week was uh, just thanks to the lovely impromptu of my wife with her silly voice. That was not, she's actually a very good singer, but she was using her silly voice. So I just really enjoyed the fact that I got a text like a little bit after we recorded or whatever. And Parker just goes, now your baby daddiness is like totally public, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And in the, in my head, I was like, now Uh-oh. why is why does he want to know? <laughs> How is this relevant? Yeah, something's gonna happen. Because Either Chad's the gonna have post, a baby, baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, Either the Instagram post is gonna have something, or there's something in the episode, but I w- could not imagine what. So as soon as Matt texted the group about like this theme song, super good, I was like, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. so speaking of the Instagram post, I posted the Instagram post for last week's episode. Good sentence. Uh-huh. <laughs> speaking of the Instagram post, I posted. The post, the post, 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 post. So, post recording the episode, post, I uh, posted post. a post um, on the U.S. mail post. So good. So I, wow. It was a picture of of me from the the, the horrible festival, but uh, I, I tagged the the pirate band that I was talking about. And it, it, Tom Mason and the Blue Buccaneers is the name of the band. Uh-huh. All due respect, and I really did like them. Like that wasn't an ironic statement. I yeah. really enjoyed the the children's bands, and I know that's silly for a grown person to like I them. Mean, but the music, music, music's fun. Yeah, and it made me smile. And you know what? That was the only music of the day that made me legitimately <laughs> smile. So, uh, Tom you Mason, you were saving all your smiles for later shows that never happened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah! I was trying not to get like overhyped at yep. you know 
the counting grows. Because <laughs> um, I want to say that for my, my boy Lionel. Crows. My boy Lionel. Uh, but I didn't get to see my boy Lionel. Oh. But anyways, I posted a picture of Tom Mason and the Blue Buccaneers, and Tom Mason actually liked it. Hey! Oh, nice. So I feel job, like Tom. I got this connection with him. So Tom, if if you happened to stumble upon this podcast after seeing that picture, shouts out to you. I really enjoy your band. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so there's what? that now. There's that. Hey, what have you guys been listening to this week? Mm. Hmm. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. I earlier I was like I forgot what it was I was gonna say that I was listening to, oh, but no. now I remember, oh, you tell which is yet? great. Um. Yeah. So a couple of things. May's new. I thought it was gonna be an album. They only had the two singles, but then it turned out it's actually an EP. Um, oh, no. And the the first song, which is a new one that we hadn't heard yet, does exactly the thing. Of the lyrics that we talked about in the lyrics episode a couple weeks back or months back or whatever that I don't like. And I was like, come on, Dave. Come on. Where it's Dave. like talking about like, you're like, I'm the melody and you're my mm. harmony uh, kind yeah. of a thing. I'm like, that's a little bit cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, that's fine. I, so I checked that out. But what I was really listening to, I, um, I don't even remember why exactly. I was just scrolling through my Spotify and <laughs> decided to... Uh, oh, I think it was for the topic today, there was a song that I thought might apply um, for a He Is Legend song. Hmm. Did that and get then, recommended to you on your Discover Weekly? I just love He Is Legend. Oh, okay, cool. Because <laughs> one of their songs got recommended to me through Discover Which Weekly. Which one was it, I wonder? Uh, Here, check it out. I'll keep talking. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I went back and listened to some of I Am Hollywood, which is... Their second album from like 2006, and man, I miss maybe 2005. I don't know, but I miss like old school uh, emo, uh, screamo, hardcore stuff. Like it was just really fun. Uh, so the song specifically was "Dinner with a Gypsy." There's, you know, a bunch more on that album that are really fun. And I think some of the stuff that I enjoy from that era is that they would do complicated things, but it wasn't like now I really enjoy progressive metal, which is also doing complicated things, but it's like kind of overly complicated things. Whereas back in the day, like Chiodos or mm. um, Circus Survivor, He Is Legend or all these bands would do things that are just a little bit complicated, a little mathy, but it would f- fall more in the like experimental yeah, mm-hmm. genre rather than you know like math rock because that just wasn't it didn't really take thing a lot yet. of like active listening necessarily all the time. Right, like, it still sounded just like music. I yeah, mean, it was just normal. Right, exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't you know so much like polyrhythms and stuff like that, which again I really enjoy. But it was just fun to have. It was a little bit more just chaotic and energizing and fun. So that was something that I really enjoyed about uh, about listening back to that. There, as of their album after um, yeah, suck out the poison. The album after. I Am Hollywood started being more kind of Southern metal, but in a good way. Uh, and then they've done more different things since then. But yeah, he is legend. It was great. Just Memory Lanes. What was the song? It was a song off of It Hates You, uh-huh. which is the album after Suck Out the Poison. Accurate. I don't remember which song it was, but it was actually really low key. Like it was super clean and really spacey. Which okay. is not what I was expecting. Did it have saw, a girl singer on it at some point? No, I think it was the dude for the movie. Well, it may have. I don't know. I'm it, curious. I, it's been a couple of I days since I heard it. I don't know that album as well. I kind of fell off a little bit after Suck Out the Poison and then came back. 
a little bit later. But there's a song on that album called That's Nasty. And I might have played it at some point on our heavy conversation. But it's the one that goes... It's just like the lowest guitar tone. I don't know if it's a bass or like what, but it's super distorted and like sounds like they just down-tuned the bottom string like an octave. Yeah. And it's entirely like on purpose just to try to be over super the top low. super yeah. not like mm. silly quite but a little but bit almost silly. <laughs> yeah little bit. Mm-hmm. and it's just it's just fun well because i remember like hearing he is legend and kind of seeing their stuff around mm-hmm. a long time ago and always thinking like no, it was just like really really heavy and mm. so when this song popped up on my discover weekly i gotcha. was like oh this is gonna be fun i listened to it and i was like oh <laughs> this is just kind of nice yeah <laughs> like i don't They're, know if that's they've really never been they've got some heavy bits for sure mm-hmm. i know in the heavy conversation i brought up china white too and that song has some heavy bits in it, but it's more like just intense more than it is like heavy in the traditional sense of like breakdowns and stuff. Like, I don't think they have any breakdowns in songs mm-hmm. that I that I can think of, at least. Uh, but they've got just a lot of really cool stuff. And it's funny between I'm Hollywood and Suck Out the Poison, the singer's voice went from being like this clean, a little bit raspy singing voice, but to like a smoker after like 12 <laughs> packs of cigarettes. Yeah. And uh, like particularly but, long tour, yeah, and like <laughs> I don't know what exactly happened, but I think he he also just like kind of embraced that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I'll quit talking about them. It was, yeah, but it was just mm-hmm. fun. If you enjoy uh, any kind of music, you're gonna love this band and no other bands. <laughs> <laughs> that's an exaggeration and not true, but no, you might like them. That's about right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Moving uh, but, along, Chad. But yeah, uh, so speaking of Discover Weekly, in the same like playlist that i had that i heard that he is legend song Mm -hmm. it a couple songs later showed me a song by a band called alpha male tea party interesting um that way overshadowed anything else that i could have thought about that playlist because the whole time i was just like dad gum this song (laughs) is super cool and uh, i mean like did you ever get any of that gum from your dad no i didn't none of my dad's gum come on no man no but uh it was a song called have you ever seen milk Nice. That's just cool. I don't know. I feel like that's the inflection you need to say that with. Yeah, it makes (laughs) you think. Have you ever seen milk? Oh, man. Like, have I? uh, You can't convince me that I have. Try. Uh, remember last week? No, ah, this so, is nothing new. CCR <laughs> 60 years ago wrote a song called Have You Ever Seen the Rain? So, oh, that's fair. Um, um, but yeah, so, so it's true. off their album Health. Um, I don't know. It's just really cool. It's yeah. super mathy. It starts off kind of spacey. It's just the first song off that album. Uh, kind of a repetitive guitar part that probably gets looped, and then the guy like layers on it a little bit. But it's just a three piece instrumental band. They get super mathy, and it's just super cool the mm. whole time i was like dang i wish i had known about these fools for a lot longer than i have because they they have like three or four albums and i've just totally missed it i don't know how but it's super cool i like it a lot yeah that's pretty much my story with discover weekly every week <laughs> yeah, i find just, a band that i like and they've how got did I not five find six this before seven now and, yeah <laughs> i'm like oh okay and they've got like six seven million plays Never heard of them yeah. before in my life. That's the interesting thing to me. There's one of the guys that I'm going to talk about in the episode today. That, I mean, not the same case in a lot of ways, but just as far as like 
I knew he was kind of popular, but didn't realize one of his songs had like 250 million plays uh-huh. on Spotify. And like, what in the world? Mm. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, I, as well, discovered somebody through Spotify Weekly. <laughs> Discover Weekly, weekly on Spotify. <laughs> uh, I found a band called Three Trapped Tigers. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I also found them through Discovered Weekly like a couple months ago. <laughs> did you did you listen cool. to any of their like? Did you go onto their page and check out any of their music? Uh, I think I've listened to like some of one of their albums mm. or something like that. I haven't spent a lot of time listening. to So them. I went through I because the song that got recommended to me it was called Five. Just number five. So I followed it because it, it started off and it was like a really nice kind of Ben Foldsy sounding like piano with mm-hmm. a lot of like distorted bass and then like drums in the background. And it was kind of dancey, but still kind of mellow, like very piano and jazz chords driven. Um, so I was like, oh, if they sound anything like this, it was all instrumental, the song. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I guess they're an instrumental band. So I went and I found the album and the album is called Numbers 1 through 13. And just literally every song is a digit starting yeah. at one and ending at 13. It's yeah, a 13 nice. song record. Uh I I got through some of the songs and realized pretty quickly that they do not all sound like that piano driven. Oh, interesting! Like, they get really insane. Uh, this <laughs> it, it turns from like nice, peaceful, jazzy stuff to chaotic very quick. I they're wonder. Very insane musicians. Though. Yeah, like, they're, they're super good. It's a trio. Yeah. It's just three of them. Yeah. But they're they're incredibly. Does good. it do it like moving? Gets more and more insane throughout the album. So I mean, honestly. Uh, like song number one is is a relatively poppy like still heavy kind of song and then two three and four kind of just dive into more noise rock than anything else uh most of the stuff still keeps a pretty simple like four four beat uh but they just kind of divulge into all sorts of different realms and take all these different corners that you don't expect them to go and then the, the middle of the album mellows out a little bit but honestly yeah it's it's pretty in- indistinguishable like some of the songs really yeah. were bleeding into the next one but uh it, it you know uh, with instrumental music it often feels like it's just one long continuing song yeah. and you know you don't really pinpoint when the song starts and ends and that's what this was but uh-huh. and it's mostly instrumental there's a couple like sporadic vocals here and there but yeah it, they are just insanely good musicians and i i looked into them a little more um the the same dude who produces so many other like popular indie rock bands he produced the strokes first couple records oh, right. he, he he does all of their records and he's kind of like the guy who discovered them but yeah they're seriously good mm. highly recommend them it would be neat just because when you were saying that i was thinking whatever um blah, 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 blah. it would be neat <laughs> to do an album that does like every song gets a little bit crazier or, or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that the, tr- the tricky thing is like it would be great for folks who listen to just albums and are like, I'm going to listen to this album. Yeah. But for anybody that you're trying to like really Pick reel out a in, couple songs I guess something. that would yeah. be tr- that would be hard to make it like actually, you know, really grab somebody from the get go. But uh, it's hard I don't to know. get across what you're going for, right? Because so, yeah. that, that's like something you can do in a later album that you can't do. In right, like a right, first exactly. Album. exactly. 
yeah. you have to sort of establish yourself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also find it really satisfying that they are called three trapped tigers, and there are actually three of them. Yeah, <laughs> like it just it. I like that. Yep. It makes me happy. <laughs> makes you wonder: Did they have a fourth person, and they just really like that name, so they kicked that person out? <laughs> yeah, like, or they ate him. Oh, uh, uh, we're three skins, yeah. formerly four skins, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's four, formerly five. I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yep. Anyways, that's what we've been listening to this week. Yeah. Everybody. 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 I gotta get back on the Spotify playlists. I've been it's lacking. It's good, man. Mm, it's helpful. So, well, like, yeah, just uh, going through all the stuff that we talked about on here. I was doing it for a while, and then I just sort of stopped. And I'm yeah. sorry if anybody's looking feeling. forward to that. Mm-hmm. But sorry. I'll get back on it, I promise. I'll play, I'll play catch up. And, uh, You'll we'll play catch up? Uh, yeah. Uh, right after we play mayonnaise. Uh, <laughs> where are we talking about this week? So yep. what are we talking about this week? <laughs> so what are we talking about this week? What are we talking about uh, this week? Ooh, that was like Will Will Shatner yeah, stuff right there. Um, <laughs> we're talking about space, space, the final frontier. frontier. Oh, William Shatner. <laughs> oh, it's, it comes full it. circle. Okay. even though we didn't really depart. I, I don't know if you guys even watch Star Trek at all, but Picard yes. or um, Kirk. Picard. Yeah. Yeah, thank Picard, you. Like hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. If anybody listens and you're uh, Team Kirk, cool. Good well, for I mean, you. We're also like we're also the next generation generation. Yeah, so, I like, know that's it's yeah. fairly unfair. I've watched literally zero full episodes of the original series and seen literally all of the next generation. It's so, so campy, like all yeah. of Star Trek is campy, but the, the the original series is just it's too campy. Honestly, even watching first series of, uh, or the first two seasons of Next Generation when Gene Roddenberry was still like heavily involved, mm-hmm. still pretty campy it is. and kind of tough, yeah. but compared to season like four and five of the Next Generation, which is Next Generation also lasted a lot longer. That's I true. Mean, the TV there were only like, like three seasons or four of maybe the of the original, something mm-hmm. like that. Whereas, they did a bunch of movies. As opposed to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so we're not talking about that kind of space. Not at all. <laughs> space. Space. The final um yeah chad i don't know you want to elaborate yeah i can kind of elaborate so we're talking about when music is happening but then there's not so much music happening so it's like you're listening to a song you're like "Ooh, what's oh there's nothing here no i mean just so what i've always heard music described as is the uh, arrangement of sound and not sound in a meaningful way and something that was really pushed at a lot of the music majors that I knew and the people that I was around uh, when I was in music in the music part of my school education was not just being able to play really well, but also knowing how to not play mm-hmm. and how to tastefully. I am very good put at silence. that. Yeah. Not playing. Yeah. <laughs> right now, as an example. Yeah. Well, I mean, true. <laughs> but just when you're holding an instrument and playing a song, it, yeah, it, it was always really hard to like get across to people. Like, you don't have to play 100 percent of the time yep. that you're holding your instrument or playing this song, or even playing in a band. Like it. It, especially with younger musicians, they just have that idea of like, you always have to be playing. You need to be doing something. If you're not doing something, what are you even doing? Like, yeah. why are you? But sometimes just like sitting back and letting other people do things or just letting a moment be a little bit quieter or maybe silent is really the way to go. Mm-hmm. And it can really add a lot to songs. And yeah. we just wanted to highlight some stuff kind of like yeah, that. I think, I think space is one of the, the best ways to show that you are a mature musician. Yeah. Cause like 100%. you said, when you're a kid, 
and like first of all when you're a kid you want to be playing all the time because you know you want to show off and secondly i i don't know about you guys but when i was younger and i got on stage and had to do something in front of people hiding behind the instrument is it like that's a real feeling and yep. when you're standing oh, there without playing anything <laughs> oh yeah like so when you when you're holding your guitar yeah you have it but if you're not playing anything then you're like naked you're like bare because you're not doing anything and everyone's just staring at to you to be doing totally nothing. honest though like i would so much rather be holding a guitar and not playing it than i would like just singing the yeah. idea of just there, singing worse. for a band and not holding a guitar at the time <laughs> like i hate that <laughs> that also brings up the question like do you have enough stage presence to? No, like, not when you're at all. Not that singing? is why I have zero yeah. stage presence without a guitar. Yeah. Tambourine, always have that tambourine. <laughs> then you're always doing tambo. something. But then you're blocking the space. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think space is incredibly important in music, and that doesn't mean like everybody in the band just stops playing. Yeah. That's not that's not what we're talking about. Even though there are songs that do that, and we'll probably talk about some of them, and they do that very well. Um, but I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit of the history as to why there's not a lot of space in mainstream music. Mm. And this has never been the case. And I, I was doing some research today. And basically what I found was like the reason that you don't hear a lot of like space right. uh, or breathing moments in like in radio music and radio stuff, yeah. music mm-hmm. is because the radio uh, radio stations are terrified of dead air. Yep. Yeah. And that's if you play a song that that has even a fraction of nothing going on, let's say somebody's flipping in their car like through the radio, then you they there's pop onto your station, there's nothing going on. They're like broken radio station, <laughs> moving on, even yep. though that's completely ridiculous, but like that's why so many modern pop songs, especially pop. I mean, I guess pop has always been that way, but every fraction of space has to be filled in with something. And that mm-hmm. might be like a keyboard line or more often than not, it's some kind of percussion, like yeah. extra hi-hat or, you know, tambourine or background vocals or long droning noises. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on. And that's that doesn't make for a bad song. I mean, it, it can, but, yeah. you know, more often than not, it doesn't. But, yeah, we're talking about space. Mm-hmm. And I just want to clarify, too, because, like, I I didn't necessarily go at this from the ideal of, like, silence, necessarily. Mm -hmm. I also kind of thought about it in, like, sometimes just the lead instrument or the main, like, melody dropping out can can give something a lot of space. Like, Mm -hmm. kind of like you were saying about a drone and keyboard part or, um, you know, just a a more simple guitar line that's, you know, just like a strumming pattern Mm -hmm. or just drums. And it's some, I I mean, that kind of stuff is done all the time in, in post rock, um, particularly like there's just a lot of that. Um, or even some other like indie styles of music where you just maybe have a very involved or really out front part. And that just stops for a second. Or even, I I think jazz is really good at Mm -hmm. this. Most of the time when somebody's soloing in a, a, like a jazz standard, they don't just, wank on whatever instrument they're playing for you know 16 bars or whatever like it's a lot of stop and go there's there's a lot of like it's really hip to just sometimes like wait a second yeah to just like do your line and like give it a second Mm -hmm. and and kind of like almost think about what you're gonna do and Mm -hmm. then do it and and not like be afraid to just let things breathe for a second exactly i mean and that's that a that does a couple things a it lets the the listener get to know what else is going on in the song, the background instruments, the drums, the bass, especially in jazz. Like, you know, you uh, that stand-up bass can be hard to hear mm, sometimes yeah. or the intricacies <laughs> of what the drummer is doing. So, like, let's say your lead trumpet 
you know, on the song and it's your song and you know that and you're going to get most of it, but yeah, you want to back off so we can get everyone else too mm-hmm. and B, it builds tension and that's yep. the same with any song. Like <laughs> not constantly hearing that line that we all know is coming, like a guitar solo, for mm-hmm. example, you know, the the more breaks you take in between it, the more tension it builds. And I mean, that doesn't have to be like a single instrument. It can be everybody. Mm-hmm. I'll have an I mean, and like thinking that. in like solos and jazz context and all that, the the question of what what you do and how it benefits various parties. So, for example, adding space to a solo can benefit the song, obviously, just because it lets it breathe. And so it helps the listener to, yeah, take in that kind of space there. But then also it can help benefit you as a musician where if you if you're going to repeat some of the same motifs throughout a solo, instead of like, and like using all of your ideas all at once, it benefits you to like build a a motif throughout that song so that when you solo in the next 12 songs, Mm -hmm. you haven't used up all of your ideas. Cause like, I know I'm not somebody that I'm just not in a lot of circles where soloing is much of a thing. And so I really only have a couple like, kind of go-to tricks up my sleeve or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that being the case, if I were to, you know, use all of them in one song, I legit would just end up using the next yeah. one i mean the next song would be all the same another again. solo all right you're gonna hear all the same stuff yeah again. exactly like, which yeah. and so at that point space is benefiting the song as a whole it's letting it breathe it's also benefiting the song because it's making it you know be a better mm-hmm. yeah it's building a narrative yeah. and then it's help it's benefiting me as a musician to not look well, stupid yeah. by <laughs> repeating stuff mm-hmm. over no yeah there was something that i learned a little bit too where um so I've I've not taken guitar has been my primary instrument for a while. It was my first instrument. Flute was my first instrument. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, but but when I started playing guitar, I like a couple Christmases in, my parents got me some DVDs and things, and I taught myself for the most part. But but then lots of little things that I picked up various places. And one of the things that I remember super well from one of those DVDs was just this little bit of. Uh, it was these two guys sitting down and they were playing the blues and one of them was like, yeah, and if if I'm going to play uh, a song here and I'm going to be singing it, I don't want Billy Bob to be playing all over everything. So Billy Bob is just going to play between the lyrics. So yeah. it's like, okay. I once was a man who is great. I once was a man who was great. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, yeah. And even though that was blues and I have zero blues experience at all. Um, just that lesson of finding the spaces to fill yep. and that you don't always have to fill them. And mm-hmm. I feel like that might've been something to mention too. I don't remember <laughs> if not, that's something that I've picked up somewhere else, but, uh, just knowing that not, you know, not to step on other people's mm-hmm. toes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I've, I've tried to like talk to the people that play in our worship band or any worship band that I've ever been a part of. Like if something is happening lyrically, you need to not be doing something very complicated because <laughs> yep. yeah. it's very yep. distracting. Yeah, and that's, sure. and there's, there's times when you can like make it work or if you can figure out a subtle way to do something complicated, mm-hmm. like a harmony with really the well. lyrics, yeah. harmony with the lyrics, or a if the lyrics times, are the same thing repeating over and over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. later on into that thing, you yeah. can maybe do something yeah, a bit yeah. more, but like, no, otherwise but really just don't distract yeah. from, cause especially in that context, like 
lyrics and the vocals are the most important thing that's happening. Yeah. And you don't want to distract from that. And so a lot of times, yeah, if you see me do something that's more complicated in a song or do a lead line, it's always going to be like between the lyric Mm -hmm. or just like even the separations between the lines of a verse or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll like grab that moment. It's like, okay, I'm going to throw something out here (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, rather than stepping all over the toes of everybody else that's doing stuff. So the original idea that we that we had was to talk about like the difference between chaos and and space in music and we decided to just keep it space but i guess space. like if, if you're having a hard time understanding space. it we'll get some examples but like space, space, what, i guess we'll save the chaotic one for next week sure, mm. sure. yeah but yeah chaos is more or less when there's the the so song doesn't really get a moment to breathe and again mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. It do, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Just like there's songs that are too spacious and there's mm-hmm. they're, they're, they feel empty because there's not enough going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost brought an example of that, but <laughs> maybe I'll talk about it. But anyways, yes, if your lyrics, especially in a worship context, are probably the most important part of a song, and yeah. and same with pop, uh, and and country and a lot of mainstream music, because your general listener wants the words. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing that anybody resonates with. It's the most familiar thing that anybody resonates with. So, I mean, if the words are pretty empty, then maybe you'd have more instrumentation going on to fill in that space. But Mm -hmm. otherwise, yeah, a lot of times you'll have pretty like basic instrumentation because the song is very vocally heavy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Ironically, most of mine that I brought today aren't so much musical spaciousness so much as... um, production Mm -hmm. which the two i mean the two actually play hand in hand pretty well uh one example i was gonna bring that that i just didn't was um there's an album that's edgar meyer and chris teeley and chris Mm -hmm. teeley plays mandolin edgar meyer plays the stand-up bass Mm -hmm. and that's all it is for the whole album and it begs the question how do you how do you do (laughs) make that sound good (laughs) in a live context it makes more sense than in a recording but like Mm -hmm. how do you take just those two instruments that are on the polar opposite ends of the frequency spectrum one of them (laughs) plays very high notes one of them plays very low notes um that for context that's the frequency spectrum is low and high pitches so is low and eh, it's high whatever Uh, (laughs) if you couldn't tell those things but not only that like but they are very restricted as to their ranges like neither of them has kind of a mid-range like cello you know can kind Mm -hmm. of get a little bit of both guitar can get a little bit of both yeah mandolin is just like high high frequencies and Stand up, I mean, uprights have a little bit of a high, uh, yeah. like mid range, but, but it's, it's uncomfortable. Mostly, yeah, yeah, to play it's, more it's, so it's, than yeah. to hear. Hundred yeah. percent. So it's yeah, and that uh, I guess one other thing before going into examples is when we took our critical listening class in college. One thing that our that my teacher at least had us do. What professor? Sorry, I don't know if that's offensive to college professors. Very <laughs> so very. offensive. Um, is. We so we would listen to a song, and this really only works in headphones. Like you, yeah. sometimes in a good stereo setup, but for the most part in headphones. And mapping out the kind of three D space of where stuff is, mm-hmm. so that you'd be listening to it, and you're like, "Wow, that snare is very loud, very prominent, and doesn't take up a, a whole lot of uh, like reverb type Time, space. Reverb space. It, yeah. So it would be this big old circle right there in the middle because it's kind of right up in your face, mm-hmm. and if you're listening to it you essentially hear it as like mm-hmm. just right in front of you. It sounds really forward. Right. Yes. But then something Punchy. else like a little, you know, guitar line that's all the way in the background or a string part is you'd have this little tiny circle that's all the way in the back on the left hand side because it's panned a little bit and panning it again, just 
terminology panning is having something go from left to right mm-hmm. uh and i guess is the best way of saying it uh but yeah they chewed have this one little bit that's all the way over there and it's you know really small but it has all this reverb so it kind of maybe you can draw some mm-hmm. lines out from it or something like yeah. that <laughs> so it's that that's something that i think will be, i'll be coming back to that kind of a concept in any case yeah. of like where stuff is taking up space mm-hmm. um and kind that's of, something to just be listening out for, if you will. Yeah, kind of the easy cheat sheet for a lot of that is if you th- if you want to think about it in like a stage setting, you can think about it as panning is your left to right location, mm-hmm. and more often than not, volume is going to be your front to back. Mm-hmm. So if something sounds like it's really loud, it usually sounds more like it's really right up in front of you, whereas yeah. something softer is going to sound farther away from you. Yeah, and of course, left and right. So you can kind of build this three D like image of yourself, sort of sphere. Of, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. of like like where it sounds like things are happening, uh, mm-hmm. even though you just have two inputs. Yeah, kind of interesting. Anyway, <sighs> so sound is fun. <laughs> Crazy times. Yeah. Uh, let's get into an example. Sure. Cool. Um, I will give one of those examples. <laughs> um, oh, man, I've got three off the top of my head. I forgot what one of them is, so I'm going to do one of the ones that I do remember. <laughs> um, this we is, really got to start titling our examples. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's a great point. You're really smart. You just keep not doing that. <laughs> So this is, uh, I, I feel like this is Tyson Motzenbacher. I've talked about him before. And I've also said before that if my acoustic music, whatever, could sound like anything, this is what it would sound like, just production-wise and all that. And um, So this is a song, Lost, that it the song structure is pretty, it's fairly short. It's like two and a half minutes. And it really just has a verse and kind of a, I don't know, chorusy an a section and a b section and then this really spacious c section that's kind of just the outro of sorts and the the b section actually builds quite a bit and it gets pretty big and it's just the chorus of i am lost and you'll hear just the tail end of it and then it goes into this quiet bit that we'll be hearing in a section that's the the first time i heard it i thought the song was done maybe and then it was just kind of fading out and then more things happened. And especially for being such a short song, it's it's just really interesting. I, I, I would really recommend if you enjoy what you hear at all, like to go and listen to the full song because it's just not something structurally that I hear very often. So here, we'll just check it out and we'll keep talking about it after. It does uh, it, that last bit another time, pretty much, mm. and then that's the end of the song. Oh, okay, cool. I like that there were kind of two piano tracks going on there, and then you know the the higher tracks stayed very, I guess, kind of in the back, like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. and then the the prominent piano that you heard was the low, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. little walk up there. Yeah, either that. either two piano tracks or he's playing them in it's, octaves it's, yeah, or something, yeah, 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 but yeah. yeah, that it's just very dynamics are a nice thing mm-hmm. about the piano too, yeah. which is fun, True. but. 
pianoforte. And um, yeah. that makes me think a lot of stuff that like Andrew Bird does on some of his Fingerlings albums. Mm. Actually, yeah, I didn't even think about that until just like the fact that he's a really good example of yeah. giving things space. Uh, until I heard this and I was like, oh, violin. Oh yeah, Andrew Bird's fantastic <laughs> at this, um, mm-hmm. as he is everything else. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm curious too. Listening to it in this context, I. I don't know if it's the fact that I was listening to it on Spotify and then so Spotify adds in some compression yeah. or if I, I would need to listen to the song in a couple contexts and or it on the CD or whatever. So it's either there's some compression being added through Spotify or there's um, a side chain compressor going yeah. on with the kick drum and mm. some kind of like... <sighs> Yeah, sort like of the sound. Gated reverb almost. Yeah. Right, because there's a it's doing a thing, and so a side chain, if if that's what it is, is where um, essentially one track is looking to another track as to how it's going to apply a certain effect. Like, hey, if this other track's doing this thing at this point, like if the volume of this other track is above this, then do this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, turn on this one effect, and if it's not, then don't turn on that effect. That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, so. There's kind of that thing while that kick's going at the beginning, and so it's going, yeah, and that helps. I don't know. I think it's cool, and I don't know if it's part of the song. It helps maintain like a a function of hey, the song's not over yet. Yes, Mm -hmm. and I love stuff like that. Stuff like this can also be hard though if you're not listening to it at a pretty good volume. Mm -hmm. Then it sounds like it's over because (laughs) stuff like and I listen to a ton of music that's kind of like this too where. A lot of stuff drops out, but there's like one thing still happening, but it's so quiet that unless you're listening to it at like 80 decibels, you just don't hear it. Often <laughs> happens at the beginning of songs too. Yeah. Oh, Creating in songs, you know, and that, that can be so annoying because you don't want to turn up the volume. Yeah. Because you know, you know when, it's going to get wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But you want to hear that, you know, those intricacies, those little mm-hmm. bits. Because people are so. in your car and like trying to talk to you and you're like, we're not just not listening to anything. It <laughs> yeah. just has a slow start. Like, And it is fun. interesting, like, especially for... Cause some some stuff like this if you look at if you look at this track it's loud for that loud bit and then the quiet bit legitimately is quiet right. and the track volume like you can see in the waveform that it goes as little and stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to if that same song were produced more like a pop record they would just turn up that yeah. low bit so yep. it's like it, it still has the same feel of kind of being you know quieter as far as the instrumentation goes Mm -hmm. because you can like you can hear the difference between when a kick drum is played softly but turned up versus being played really hard yeah just because like the sound of it is inherently different as far as what frequencies it produces from the recording and all that Mm -hmm. but at the same time the dynamics themselves just don't feel like a whole lot and this song like the feeling from this song when it gets to the end every time i'm just like not choked up, but just like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really good production value there. Yeah, and I love the, and it's all throughout this album too. Just a little like, mm-hmm. little bits, little violins, mm-hmm. little, little strings, little guitar bits mm-hmm. that come in, mm-hmm. and they do a great job of adding kind of some of that atmosphere and again so creating flavor. that space. Yep. Yeah, yeah, space textures, the final frontier. Space. <laughs> so yeah, that's it for that one. Cool. Just to start us off. Should I go? You can go. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> you got it. So for my first one, I uh I went a little old school. Actually two of mine are pretty old school. Uh I picked Pink Floyd. Yeah. Because Pink Floyd are really masters of creating space in the studio in with their music. I mean, all throughout their discography, which is massively different from start to finish. But they have so many records and so many songs where they just 
they they align the instruments so well to the point where it's like exactly what they want you to be hearing in the forefront. You're going to hear that at all times. There's never a question of wait, like I know the vocals are going on, but they're kind of quiet compared to the guitar. Like it's always everything is in the back when it needs to be and everything is in the front when it needs to be. And that creates really, really good space in a song. And I think one of the shining examples of that is this song that I'm going to play. This is off their album uh, Metal, and the name of the song is Fearless. And uh, if, Metal was that album that they put out right before Dark Side of the Moon. They came out almost around the same time, and Metal only has like six songs on it because one of the songs is 25 minutes long. Ooh. It's the entire B-side mm-hmm. of the record. It's Echoes, and it's the best Pink Floyd song ever. But I'm not going to talk about that one. I'll talk about this song, Fearless, and I love this guitar. Uh, the Both... All three of the guitar tracks in the song are, are really, really well done. But um, the listen to the main guitar riff um, that David Gilmore is playing. He sort of just walks up the neck uh, very slowly. But the I want you to listen to like the in between each note that he plays, and like in you know, I guess I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But like as the background is going on, like listen to the the spaces in between each note, and then I'm going to talk about it and tell you why. It's so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. uh that's taken from a real uh soccer or football game over in Britain. If you, if you want to say football. That's taken from a real game that was recorded as a crowd's chant from like a Manchester United hmm. game, I think. And they they put that in the beginning of the song and it it actually plays the song out so that that music fades out and then the the crowd chant gets bigger and bigger until it's like exploding in your earbuds. <laughs> and it's uh it's just like this stadium of, you know, probably 20,000 people just singing this, you know, anthem of some yeah. kind i don't know what it is but it's pretty cool sort of fight song <laughs> yeah uh but that's the very beginning of that song uh and and i i love what they do with that because there's there's two electric guitar tracks going on there's one that's it starts out the song and it's just that g chord every note in this song besides that main guitar is or in the beginning of this song anyways is just holding out that g chord uh and then there's an acoustic guitar that they're keeping like kind of really panned to the left but also kind of in the back and then the electric guitar, the backing electric guitar, is panned to the right, also in the back. And then that lead guitar comes in, and that immediately takes over the center. But what makes it sound so cool to me is, like, that space is still built there because Gilmore is just playing. He's just walking up that neck. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like he's doing when he's just going bump, 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 bump. Like he's just he's leaving that space there because it's it's letting that right panned guitar like come out more, so it's like this constant juxtaposition, yeah. and, and it sounds so good listening to it in headphones because you're getting like it, it just sounds like one guitar even though yeah. it's yeah. two that's just constantly creating this wave in your head. Um, that mixed with you know the the drums are just so well mixed in the song and and they're simple which is exactly what they need to be right and you know the bass is. And pretty indistinguishable and there's also like that light piano going on that becomes more prominent later on but i just i love the use of space and the way that they were able to make all the instruments blend to sound like one cohesive 
piece, you know. This, I mean, if you didn't know any better, this sounds like just one guitar going on, and even though it's really three. Yep. And uh, another fun, this is kind of a side note, but another fun tidbit about the song is like, like I said, the that riff climbs up the neck. If you know anything about guitar, it's very simple. It's just you know, basically that one G string, and then it's just moving up mm-hmm. until it reaches the top octave. Uh, and the first lyrics of the song are, "You say the hill is too steep to climb, climb it." I'm like, hey, so, some text painting right there. I don't know if that was intentional, but I always really loved that about yeah. the song. Like, you know, the the guitar riff is literally just to climb up the neck, and uh-huh. then they're talking like the song's about climbing. Hmm. It's also called Fearless, so it's like one of those triumphant, like, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. songs. I always like guitar parts that do that kind of thing too, where it sounds like it's one thing, but really it's something else. Uh, two examples that come to mind are. Um, FCP remix by yes. Fall of mm. Troy, where <laughs> the guitar part is where he's playing. <laughs> but he's got this like delay on that's not an eighth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's going to and it sounds like this really complicated thing. And then you watch him, he's just like, yeah, it's just like something's not adding up here. Yeah, and so that and there, uh, I'm thinking of the wrong song. I'm thinking Sweet Emotions, but it's not that. Sarah It's See, it's not that one. But it's... It's definitely not that. It's. I think it's also called Sweet Something, but... Sweet Caroline. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I don't remember what the song's called that I'm thinking of. Who's it by? Yeah, it's like late '90s, maybe song, or maybe it's '80s. It's I don't just even one of those know. Like octave-based riffs. It's it's a song. It has very specifically a like an eighth and a dotted quarter, hmm. um, and it's it's pretty well so known. Like a U two thing. Uh, it's it like that, but it's not U two. <gasps> yeah, hmm. uh, I don't know. Can't remember. So uh, it's. Yeah. Let's just get some oh, well, 90s songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got the music in you. <laughs> Snickleback. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But it's a similar kind of thing where like the guitar part would not sound the same if you didn't have mm-hmm. delay that doing effect, a thing. Yeah. But it sounds like one cohesive thing anyway, mm-hmm. and it's just neat. And, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's kind of the opposite because you've got two guitars in your case, whereas this is one guitar with delay. But it's kind of <laughs> like some more guitars just doing a lot of work. Just layering yeah. stuff. So, yeah, and I mean, yeah, like, no, I don't cool. know, I've, I've never tried to do this in the studio, but I don't know how hard it would be to, if you had, like, a delay pedal going on the the lead guitar, would it be hard to, like, pan that? Like, one completely in the left and one completely in the right? Well, actually, or, there's, there's, there's some pedals that you can do that'll actually split the left and right channel. Like, really? I know the Strymon Timeline, you can actually set it to, so you can use a dual delay that you can set two different delay times to okay. and hard pan them left or right, and it'll, so if you have two amplifiers... Mm-hmm. It'll play like, you know, your right amp is playing the delay on a half note, whereas your left amp is playing it on a dotted eighth or something. And you can hear it ping That's pong crazy. back and forth between the two. Uh, yeah, it's it's, it's really kind of cool, crazy. It's it's a neat effect, mm-hmm. and it's not always super usable. Yeah, it's, it's say, a like, lot I don't more geared than you would want to. You have like, to lug a whole another amp there, and mm-hmm. that's kind of obnoxious. But. I mean, otherwise, uh, if you just record straight into the computer and mm. you just use a you know stereo delay which honestly i do all the time because i just record straight in (laughs) and so which is it's helpful for if you also want to make something stereo the really easy way where you just delay one of the sides yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's not authentic true you're not wrong man i'm trying to find this song while we're talking but it's just (laughs) it'll be like right as we're about to can you like hum a bit of it no we're trying to find the song with uh can you like hum a little bit of it i don't remember how it goes the 90s song yeah whatever it is 
Don't you forget about me. You're just um, but yeah, go ahead and we'll move on. <laughs> okay. This. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Okay, cool. No, <laughs> so I'll yeah, find this eventually. <laughs> I, uh, I mentioned earlier about post-rock being really good at adding space to things, and by golly, they are. Um, by golly, by golly, G, golly gosh, G Thunder Turtles. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, no, post-rock bands just generally do a pretty good job. Of, because you want, you want to make your music um diverse and you want to make it memorable and you also want to make it interesting mm-hmm. um for a lot of post rock bands instead of going into like the technical aspect of it or instead of using vocals or uh, lyrics to make things really interesting they use dynamics and you know you have to have those big swings between really soft parts and really big parts to really make things really interesting to the listener um but also you can do a lot of really interesting things with the way that songs build when you leave space for things and so a lot of times uh, post different post rock bands and different artists will have a line that maybe is only you know eight beats long or something, and then they'll have a space of another eight beats where they just don't do anything. And so that line actually has a bit of a break between it. Uh, and I wanted to highlight uh, Lowercase Noises song, The Last Stage of Consumption, which mm. I probably did on one of the like first couple episodes mm. of this podcast mm-hmm. as my like this is what I've been listening to, and it's just a super great song. Um, but it's it's that same thing. It's like an ascending piano line that lasts for about eight beats, hmm. and then there's an eight beat section of just either silence or like just kind of background ambient noise or something, and then that piano part comes in again. Mm-hmm. And as the song progresses, like more and more elements start to add onto the song and fill in the space, and more other things happen during that part, and every, and it just builds into this whole unique thing that I feel like the the end bit of it would not be nearly as compelling if you didn't have such a sparse intro to the song Mm -hmm. um and so i wanted to listen to a little bit of the first bit of it and then a little bit towards the like kind of later middle of the song So that piano part kind of mm-hmm. like fades in and out towards the end of the song. Like you don't really hear it all the time necessarily, but mm-hmm. man, yeah. The intro to that song and just this really sparse space of just nothing except mm-hmm. for this like slightly out of tune piano. Yeah. Just really powerful. I think that's, that's one of the tricks to making post rock and worship music <laughs> impactful. <laughs> that, that space, that spacious reverb. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause it's, it doesn't, it means it's not just like silence. There's not nothing right, happening, right. but it's just a really long decay of sound. Mm-hmm. Like the sound tends to almost smear outwards yep. in a sometimes unnatural way <laughs> yep. or in a way that would seem like you're in a very large cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And using just, it's it's interesting how reverb and I think this will come up in songs that I'm talking about too. Um, I can't remember what other two I'm talking about. One of them, I think, whatever it doesn't matter. Um, 
where that you can take something that doesn't take up much space and make it take some space. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, I mean, again, taking the mandolin, for example, where if I just record the mandolin by itself and just play like, that that's not going to do a whole lot, but yeah. then do that same thing. And then put like a church reverb on there, which <laughs> is, I mean, that's what it's called. It's like a cathedral yeah, yeah. kind of a sound. And it's going to sound yeah. <laughs> like just keep on going. Um, which, which I mean, like to be fair, that is a really tricky balance. To oh, hundred percent. That when yeah. you, whenever you hear it done really well, it's like, oh, that's gorgeous. And then when you hear it not done well, it's like I can't it hear anything. Sounds like anything. a bunch of muffled notes. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, a lot of like very fresh engineers run into this problem of like I don't know how to effectively use reverb mm-hmm. because man, if you just layer on reverb on every single instrument individually and then add it to a whole track, you just don't hear anything. Right. You hear a wash of sound that doesn't sound good. It's it's just like, oh, I can't tell any of the instruments apart. Uh-huh. And so to have something where you can like very tastefully have reverb in a section of it, but then maybe like bring it back. And that's something I had to learn too, is like my guitar doesn't need all of the reverb in the world ever when we're recording. I should really leave a lot of that to like the engineer. Like you really have to play a lot more dry yeah. when you're actually recording things. What is the name Sweet of the song? Sweet Disposition. Sweet oh, Disposition. By who? The, it says the Temper Trap. Apparently. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. If I yeah. heard it, I might know it, but I don't. I don't I, the, wow, that's funny. I really thought. Uh, hey, well, we're gonna find out later. I'm gonna play it. <laughs> yeah, we'll listen to it during a break. Actually, <laughs> right we're now. gonna play it right, right now. now. <laughs> That's about all we need to get the point across. Oh, I man. remember it. Well, I didn't remember. I found the internet and it showed me the ways of yeah, the truth. I just actually thought that was you too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except, I mean, his voice is very different. Well, also, yeah, totally. none of their other songs sound. That's another example of one where it's like, that's the only song that sounds kind of yeah. like that. Um, but also, I think, how about that video? Yeah. <laughs> that like, a super imposed image in the background. Yeah. yeah. It's like the but, sunset in the background. It looked like a <laughs> Microsoft 98 screensaver going on. But I mean, that just to wrap up that thing so that my brain isn't exploding itself, that was <laughs> what I was thinking of in terms of like, yeah, that guitar part. You couldn't really do that mm-hmm. unless it were for a delay pedal. Yeah. You know, but it sounds like one kind of cohesive thing. Well, actually, if you want a good example of somebody doing that, mm. Rob Scallon has a video of him with like two other acoustic guitar players <laughs> simulating oh, a and it is there's like a making of video that looks like the most frustrating 80 80 takes to get that yeah Yeah. no joke it was like 80 something i would never want to ever try to have it's a really cool video yeah (laughs) no i mean that's like i have a hard enough time trying to play the peanuts theme song on the piano (laughs) because like it's a weird i don't know it's it's surprisingly harder than it seems like it should be i'm just gonna say that much because it's like all pushes and stuff yeah it's great well it's easy to play the parts it's hard to make them sound good like vince Guaraldi does. Or yeah. it's it's easy to play them separately. Very easy to play them separately. It's hard to play them both together because they they're completely like, different. They're syncopated in different ways and opposite ways at different times. And yeah. it's like any mm-hmm. child you've ever seen play that song is not playing it like Vince Guaraldi <laughs> right. does it. They're I playing mean, they're simplifying it a little bit yeah. to play it, you know, somewhat of they're like playing instead of or something like that. There's a lot of a lot of frills going on. Yeah, especially that lower part. That's what I say. But yeah, reverb. 
<laughs> a reverb well, is something say, else, man. Were we taking a break, or we, did we did we already do the? Break? You know what? No, we haven't yet, so let's do it now, and we'll come back and. Hey, we're back. Yeah, we are. Y'all, they just put Jeopardy on Hulu. Did they? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's a kind of random thing to binge watch. Did you find out from the awkward commercials that have one of the Golden Girls talking about Uh uh, having sex Uh with Alex? I did. What? I got super psyched about it. Yeah, so they they (laughs) advertised it. super turned on about it. (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to sit there, if you're going to sit there and tell me that the Golden Girls don't get you going, then... (laughs) We need to have a different discussion. <laughs> Are there any that are still alive besides Betty White? Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, oh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm not educated enough in that field. I was just going to say Betty White. Um, I don't even know the other one's names, but yes, the, the advertisement on Hulu is... Betty Brown. Betty, Betty Brown. Betty Brown. That's a Mika song. Betty Purple. Betty White. Betty Green. Betty White. Betty Orange. It wow, was, we're good at colors. It was, Betty Fuchsia. It was Betty Purple <laughs> in the conservatory <laughs> with the candlestick. <laughs> Uh, so Space. yeah. Anyways, go watch Jeopardy. The advertisement is all the Golden Girls like talking about how hot Alex Trebek is or something. Shoot, <laughs> yeah. it's that mustache, man. Oh, yeah. was it a clip from the show from yeah, back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was it wasn't like, like they got mixed with a lot the of whole everything. Cast together <laughs> I was confused <laughs> for Let's obvious get reasons. And talk about how much we'd like to. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just gonna stop right there. So space. Space. <laughs> The final frontier. Yeah. I can't not. I We're just, just going to keep doing that. Planets um, and stars and asteroids and moons. Those more are stars. great examples. Mm-hmm. Um, space. Every time Ashley and I Ships. watch a space show, she's like, I'm equal parts fascinated and terrified by space. And that is a very good point, yep. is all I'm going to say. Also... Mm-hmm. She, well, no. The depths of the ocean, I think she's only terrified by and doesn't care anything about, which is also valid. Because like, there's monsters down there. The, there are monsters. There like, are it's monsters so weird. There's so little space. that we know about. No, in, oh, in the, the ocean. deep ocean. The ocean, yeah. yeah. Like, we know yeah. almost as little about, like, the way bottom of the ocean as we do about yeah, we, we just we, like swim down there and we've only yeah that's true suit. you know i mean i was down there last week mm-hmm. and i could tell someone about it if this they totally really cool. wanted but nobody yeah. ever asks Stupid me chill. i think they're covering it up i don't think anybody's ever asked me hey parker yeah. tell me about the depths of the ocean i mean because i would share my knowledge hey, parker hey uh, let's tell talk me about, about your space. next song <laughs> <laughs> uh moving away from that subject really quickly oh goodness um yeah so the next example that i'm going to talk about is, man, again, I can't remember what my second one is, so I'm going to jump to my third one and come back to my second one when I remember what it was. <laughs> nice. Because that's uh, that's what pros do. Oh, yes, I do. I just remembered. Here we go. I'm going to do the second one instead. Ooh, so Too many turns. So, <laughs> everybody, yeah. ignore what, anything that I just said. Let me tell you a story. Tell me a story. Um, here's this here's music that i'm going to talk about so copeland i've talked about them before they're freaking fantastic and i've talked about this album too this is their most recent album that's from stupid four years ago so they need to come out with new stuff because i so i can enjoy even more of it because i deserve it and i'm the consumer and i'm we had a client tell us a couple weeks ago on a phone call they made a mistake like the customer made a mistake trying to do something in their own system mm-hmm. and we were like well see you messed it up by doing this this and this <laughs> and they on the call the client goes 
well, I mean, as they say, the customer's always right, blah, blah, blah. Like, frustrated <laughs> that we were telling them not to do stuff in their system that yeah. we're still working on, oh and they're messing up our work so far, like, and we need to sign off on it. And so we were, like, in our chat as a team for, like, you know, not including the client. Yeah. Other people on my team were like, oh, what did he just say? <laughs> and I was like, yes, exactly. Correct. So, Copeland put out this record, Exora, and compared to a lot of their older stuff, there was a lot more space especially because a lot of their older stuff would have like strings or just some more complicated instrumentation going on. Again, I've talked about this on the show at least once, probably just once. And on this one, there wasn't really all that stuff. And the reason for it was after they put out the album, they put out the Exora Twin album, which is all the songs, but with like extra parts that the, the idea is that you'd have a stereo in front of you and a stereo behind you and that you'd put on the two CDs at the exact same time and it would make mm-hmm. this like quad sound stereo or, or like surround sound kind of a thing, uh, which is really, really neat. So, but there's a lot of these parts that are not in the tracks, which leaves a lot of open space, but they still do a great job of leaving enough space for other parts to fit in, but then not... Uh, not like leaving it actually empty feeling and yeah. feels like a full mm-hmm. song on its own. And I've barely, I've listened to the twin album with it maybe twice. So I don't even know what else goes in the song. Like I'm used to it as it is, but so it's, it's just fun. I'm going to play. This is a bit out of, I can make you feel young again, which is one of my favorite songs on this album and specifically one of the drum parts that'll be in this selection. <laughs> and so we'll check it out. And uh, then we'll talk about it. There it I like is. the guitar part a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. the The drum part that I really like is that that the, like half chord kind of goes to like a like a yeah. slug sort of exactly. Yeah, feel. the because the chorus is kind of in six four. I can make you feel young again. One two three four one mm-hmm. or so it's, it's four, uh, four, four in but... that case, but it's a kind of triplet thing. It's mm-hmm. a one two three four five six two two three four five six. It's in like twelve mm-hmm. twelve eight kind of yeah. thing. But then that drum bit goes into just straight like sixteen. Mm-hmm. 16 you know 4 4 like which is just contrasts with the accents and stuff mm-hmm. so I, I love that part it's really fun and i like cool. it a lot um but I, I just think it's great how they make all this space but make it feel really full and it's just the you know four piece five piece bands that's playing at that point but they leave the open space for when you can still have the the Extra twin album yeah exactly and that fills in all of that as well so uh not i mean not a ton to say on it they they do a great job i mean there's uh a lot of the parts feel really full and in and of themselves which is something that is just a question of to some degree the engineering on the recording side and then the producing side you know once you've got the track recorded mm-hmm. kind of how you tweak mm-hmm. it and use compressors and all that kind of stuff uh and it's tricky like that's something we talked about that a a bunch of weeks ago when I was saying that I don't remember what the the topic was exactly, but Oh, it was uh, ear candy where Mm -hmm. how I said to make stuff sound full. I just added more stuff because I like the tracks that I had coming in there from the engineering side, quote unquote, 
like the input tracks just didn't sound that full and didn't yeah. have the frequency spectrum that they should have and sounded really thin. So there was nothing I could do to take those and make them sound much better because I just didn't get good stuff coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was just going straight in through a pedal board and wasn't good at making tones that sounded full. So way to go me. Um, <laughs> and so instead I just add more stuff. Whereas what they've already got in here is, uh, kind of fleshed out as it is. So yeah, yeah that's what I have from that one. Cool. Cool. So uh, my next pick, I we were talking about this earlier. I went jazz. Yeah. Noise, 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 noise. Yeah. I had to pick a jazz song because I like jazz. <laughs> you? I don't talk about it enough of it. You really don't. Um, and I'm pretty what sure I've already talked person. about this song that I'm going to talk about <laughs> on the show before. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I picked so Miles what? Davis. Um, yeah. Is it so what? It's so what. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I had to pick so what just because I think that's a perfect example of like the the main person on a track. I mean, this is Miles Davis. He is the trumpeteer for this band. He is the composer of the music. You're obviously expecting to hear him, but the very first song of the record, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, other than like the the main riff. I guess if you want to call it that, which is like the trumpet and saxophone. Yeah, those two little notes, which you'll hear. You don't get like this trumpet solo or anything. That doesn't happen until like two minutes into the song. But when it does kick in, it's kind of interesting the way that he chooses to pursue that that first trumpet solo. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's what happens all throughout the song. Excuse me. <laughs> Matt's burping and <laughs> Matt's leaving space for his sentences. I'm leaving space in between my sentences. Mm-hmm. Sultry. The final frontier. <laughs> Salty. <laughs> sentences. The final frontier. Sorry, y'all. I got the coffee burps. And uh, nice. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Mm. I guess. Oh, yeah. I'm not especially after that that nitro coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, like nitrogen infused coffee. So it's like, hey, you want something that makes you burp, and you want some more gas in it? Mm-hmm. Cool. Hit the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I hit the nose real fast. Um. Anyways, so this is a so what, and this is where the the trumpet first comes into the song. Well, primarily the trumpet, and uh, there's a couple little things that I want to talk about afterwards. Prime example of leaving space in mm-hmm. between in between the notes just and creates anticipation where it's just like what's what's he gonna do? Well, it next? makes it makes each note played feel earned yeah. as mm-hmm. opposed to you know I guess not earned I don't know but it, it makes it feel like you know the the musician like everyone is reading off of each other in that in that band in that whatever you want to call it quartet and yeah it, each each person is like letting the other person do their thing when they know it's time and and all the notes are feel very spacious i mean the piano like the bum bum mm-hmm. it's you know it's there it's and it, it leaves so much space mm-hmm. and the which things is really are, impressive too because it always sounds really musical mm-hmm. like even when the piano is playing like it's not always the same right and it still feels very musical mm-hmm. but he's not doing a lot no not at all mm-hmm. and if you notice like right before the trumpet comes in before that the the jazz or the the saxophone and the trumpet were doing they were following the piano and then the the time before Miles comes in and does his thing, it drops out. Like, there is no saxophone and trumpet, so it's just that piano that you hear, and the bass drops out, too. So you mm. just get that piano. So, like, it, it just, all the, like, absence of things 
make it a little more like you don't know what to expect next. Yep. Um, and I think that's really interesting. And the other cool thing that I love about this is if you listen to just the first two notes of that that trumpet uh, when it when it comes in. That second note, he does not hit it perfectly. He kind of like sloppily falls down to it, which makes me think they kind of just accepted like a take. You know, like they weren't <laughs> shooting per- for perfection here. Yeah. And that I mean, that's jazz. All- oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally. That, I mean, even the jazz cats that I still know who like still like recording music. And even mm-hmm. that's a huge thing in classical recording oh, yeah. too is like you don't edit things. No. Yeah, you right. record a take. And even most, like a lot of older jazz albums, they'll have a couple of versions of the same song. Oh, yeah. This, like, this go, album in particular mm-hmm. has so many different versions of, yeah. of the tracks. If you tracks. go listen to like west montgomery albums too he'll have like one version of the song and then like at a later point in the song it'll have like uh version two or like mm-hmm. version three sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh, okay yeah, you guys just really want to another pass at it like and it's all a lot of it's new stuff like they'll mm-hmm. do some different like improvisations and stuff but yeah i remember song. my mom telling me about some guy that some classical piece he was a pianist and he recorded the whole thing like a billion times and spliced it together so that it was like this piece was exactly perfect and there was mm. not a single mistake. It was exactly as it was supposed to be written. And it's almost like eerie to listen to it kind of oh, a thing yeah. where it's hmm. it's like, no, it's not supposed it's to like, be perfect. What are you doing? Like that doesn't Uncanny sound like... Valley kind of thing. Yeah, right, like, exactly. It doesn't sound right anymore. Um, something else this reminded me of was um, the worship pastor in my church was giving a sermon one day and he used this example and i don't remember if he said that it was a jazz concert that he was at or that he heard that somebody else told him about or whatever so i i I don't know whatever but the the tale in any case was that this guy was um was playing a solo and it was very like uh, just open space and Mm -hmm. it was maybe just him playing completely by himself and very spacious and stuff Mm -hmm. and then in like between some of the notes while he was paused, somebody's phone. And then they, you know, hung it up or picked it up or whatever. And then it was just silence for a second. And then he goes. And so he just plays that. And he like plays it and then starts going crazy or whatever. And then from there, just eases back into all of a sudden he's playing the like specific motif that he had been playing mm, yeah. before. And it, it, I mean, it, I don't know. That just was really cool to me yeah. that it's like use something that's totally improv. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. It was just really fun. It's also and making like, the, best the best out of, of an awkward situation. situation. Yeah, oh, totally. Exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, if he'd been like, "All right, we're starting again," yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that would make suck. sure to silence your phones, everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, man, that was Miles Davis does a great job. I mean, jazz in general, yeah, great job of space. Yeah. Except and for I mean, bebop or whatever, I guess. Yeah, there's, that's, there's like big band jazz is completely different yeah. from this. And I mean, that's the pop version of you know, in the same yeah. way that it's supposed to just keep going. And um, you know, you talk about like bass parts in pop songs. Just you are supposed to compress the crap out of a bass part mm-hmm. so that it yep. stays the same volume the whole time. So that when it's not there, it's very intentional that it's not there or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Whereas in this context, the bass will get louder and get quieter yeah. and it's, yeah. you know, actually got dynamics. This is another example of one of the songs that like, you can't really hear the beginning of it 
Yeah, yeah. you're just listening on a regular pair of headphones or like in a speaker mm-hmm. or whatever because it gets loud, <laughs> but the first minute or so is just piano and bass. And yeah. It starts out with just that bass line that's playing so quietly. Mm-hmm. It's a great like bass a line. walking bass line, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't hear it mm-hmm. unless you, you're really in, intentional. But yeah, it's yeah. still a good song. It's good. It's all good. It's all good. So, I I, I kind of was going to sandwich method this one, because my second choice is one that I'm not super sure about. Um, so, this is off of M83's album, Saturdays Equal Youth, which is overall a really good album, and it's a lot of fun. It's got tracks like Kim and Jesse and We Own the Sky, super great tracks. Um, but the, the last track on this album is really the second to last track. <laughs> And it's, you know, kind of more of the same, like, M83 style stuff, you know, sort of electro-pop kind of stuff with vocals and whatever, whatnot. Lots of good textures and all this great beat and everything. And then it fades into this just really big pad, just a really big corded keyboard pad. And then it starts the last song, which it just, like, rolls straight into it, and that keyboard pad chord progression plays by itself for about 11 minutes and that's the end of the album (laughs) which i mean it's like okay all right kind of coming down off the last song i guess but i remember the first time i was listening to it i was just like is uh is this going somewhere or that sounds like a troll to me. Something gonna happen, <laughs> like yeah, and I can't really decide because it's at times it's like this has to be a joke, right? Mm. But then other times, I'll like I've listened to the end of the album more than once, like probably more than twenty times. It's a good album, and I've listened to the whole end of this. And so sometimes it's nice to just like come down off of an album and just kind of like enjoy the not really anything and just mm. think about it, but. Yeah. Yeah, I can't it depends on whether... listening context to some degree. Too. I know um, the end of actually Copeland's first album is, uh, I think California is the last song, uh, or it's Price. No, Priceless. Whatever, whatever the song is, it mm. is. It's Priceless, and it's got it's a six minute song, so it's not nearly as long, but it has a section that definitely, if you're paying attention to it, is like this is you're repeating this too much. Like you need to stop. <laughs> No, but we, there's been lots of other times where I'll be listening to it and want it to keep going. And especially when I'm not like actively paying attention to it. And then same thing on um, the end, uh, the last song on uh, You Are My Sunshine. It's called, it's a 10 minute song. It's called Not So Tough Found Out. And there's a bunch of parts of it that just keep on going and keep coming back. But it's different where it's not the same mm-hmm. thing over and over. It's kind of like, here was that part we did there and this other part. And we'll just kind of throw this back in, get rid of that, throw yeah. this back in, get rid of that. We mm-hmm. should go ahead and listen to this. I'm ready. It's yeah. You just need to hear it. And then I'll say a couple more words. About cool. It. So it just does that. I really enjoy that. No, I mean like it's it's a it's a cool thing, and like again, 
I've listened to it all the way through, all 11 minutes of that a bunch of times. And it doesn't like fade out at the end. It like hard stops. <laughs> it's just it like, also hard started. Huh. Like, does that, so does it, it cross fade from, from the last song? song. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. If, if you want, we can like listen to the like second to last song or something, but it kind of like fades out of the last bit of the, la- la- mm-hmm. the actual last song and goes into that. And then like, at a certain point, the track just arbitrarily decides to <laughs> divide or whatever. Probably not arbitrarily, but it does not like add or subtract any sounds. It doesn't change that pad. There's nothing about that that changes at all in the entire 11 minutes. It just does that little cycle for 11 minutes, <laughs> which is a perfect like show concert ending thing where like totally, you yeah, get like, that mm-hmm. going you know from the end of the last song you get it fading into that and then you put that on loop and everybody walks off stage yeah, and it's just yeah. still going and then people cheer for an encore or whatever yeah, yeah, and then you come back happens. on <laughs> <laughs> but you've already left you're yeah. on the bus leaving yeah. yeah which i mean that was like when i saw the fall of troy they did that kind of thing where yeah, yeah, yeah. where the dude you know like does a lot on of, a delay pedal or yeah, something exactly yeah. like weird stuff on his delay pedal and it, on a loop thing and it just kind of starts getting more and more warbly and they're just gone they're off stage and you're like mm-hmm. well that, it's still gone but you're not yeah. even there <laughs> how are you doing um, this but yeah i could see how in an album context it's, just it's a bit odd, hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it probably makes some people angry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Which, I mean, it doesn't might be like expecting a, a different song. Mad necessarily, right? But there, there have been plenty of times that I've gotten like through this album and just been like, okay, and I don't need to listen to a yeah. lot of minutes of this I, pad. It, it's hard to figure out. I guess the the most difficult part is figuring out the artistic merits. Yeah, what mm-hmm. value does like, that? Why was serve? this the choice that you made? Mm-hmm. I, like, that's honestly just what I want to know about it. Yeah. Is like, why why is this what you decided to do? Because I can think of some like theories of why I think yeah. you did this that I've already said. Just like, ah, this kind of a nice come down, or you you wanted this for a live context, or you know, there's a myriad of different things that you could say. But I just want to know why. Yeah, and like. Mm. I don't remember what I was going to say, but it was going to be so good. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Uh, it's, it, it, the, I, I do remember now. The sound itself was interesting is it doesn't leave much space for much. Like it's taking up a lot of just frequency sound band. space. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, frequency bandwidth and like sound space where if you tried to put pretty much anything else with that, I mean, you could, you could probably put drums with that yeah. and have that cut through pretty well because it's not sustaining barely at all. But besides that, that's about it. So it's interesting how it's just one instrument and it's leaving a lot of space, musical space for <laughs> something that's needed. Mm-hmm. But production wise, it's not really leaving much yeah, space no. for anything at the same time. So like yeah. an odd predicament to have. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the best part is just the hard stuff at the end. Like yeah. there's no fade <laughs> yeah. out. It's just, it's done now. It just ends. It's, it's just like, oh over man. Yeah, I so I had a bunch of different kinds of things. I realize in retrospect, a lot of mine are actually going to be similar um, concepts. But this last one that I've got is uh, this is the artist that I didn't realize was as popular as he is. But Jose Gonzalez, have you guys listened to him at all? That name's really familiar. Is okay, he classical. Yeah, he yeah he has a he plays classical guitar and sings. But I don't know why he's playing classical guitar specifically because it's not like it's not like he's playing classical music at all. But it I mean it mm. works great. Um, and I haven't listened to his newer stuff really barely at all, but I listened to him back in the day a lot. And he, his album, first of all, so the album Veneer, 
the songs don't sound the same production wise really much like i don't mm. know why exactly i mean they're the same kind of concepts but the guitar tones between the two like the miking patterns or whatever it wasn't like he had a week in a studio and recorded stuff it was more like he recorded stuff intermittently throughout a period of time mm-hmm. and did similar things to those tracks because the guitar tracks just don't sound exactly the same but almost every song is just one just classical guitar where he's playing some stuff um, that's like vaguely finger style, Don Ross, Andy McKee, very vaguely, um, but, you know, fairly complicated stuff. And he actually, I think, has a background. He was in a hardcore band in high school or something oh, like that. Yeah, nice. So there's some of those things that like it doesn't come across in his actual, you know, what he's playing. But some of it still kind of comes across in some ways. I don't know. The tendencies or something like that mm-hmm. is which is interesting. And so it's just his guitar, sometimes like a shaker or like a something like that Mm -hmm. and then his vocals um recorded twice so just doubled vocals Mm -hmm. so yeah that's that's that pretty much um and we'll go ahead and check out this is dead weight on velveteen this is towards the end of the song We did it. Good job. We yeah. listened to that thing. Um, <laughs> Definitely didn't kill a spider on the wall. <laughs> totally not. No, no editing not. involved there at all. Yeah. No. no, but for real, we just paused and killed a spider and came back. Because um, we're, we're three nice. grown men who are scared of spiders in the room. <laughs> scared? I have a wife to protect <laughs> from a harmless Solid. house spider. Oh, sorry. Sorry, bro. But she would have been real upset if there were a spider and. This is and you easier. Just didn't do anything about <laughs> yeah. it. I was yeah. upset that there was a spider. Uh, I would have felt very uncomfortable the rest of the recording staring yeah, at that spider. You're not wrong. I um, said an uncouth word about <laughs> killing that spider. <laughs> so, Deadweight on Velveteen, Jose Gonzalez. Yes. I um I think it's really neat that with just an acoustic, just a classical guitar and his doubled vocals, that it sounds so full. Like right. just especially going from that bit where it's just the like higher notes and he's picking those and then he hits that low e string or it's i'd probably drop d knowing him but then that comes in and it's just like wow it's rambunctious now and it's like no you just hit one note (laughs) it doesn't really have the right to be as you know to do what it did but at the same time like it just fills out that frequency space that was missing and it's like ooh. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of, it gives the feeling of like a bass being in there. Mm-hmm. Even though it's and not- also, I think he plays to dynamics very well, similarly to jazz, where he's, um, you know, he's playing very softly in a lot of other contexts. Mm-hmm. And then so when he plays louder, it means more than if he's just playing loudish the yep. whole time, even if he's just doing high end stuff and then adding in low end. But you know, working with those dynamics um, is something that's really important. And there's there's something too, like I'd love to talk about dynamics sometime and uh, that They're could definitely huge. be a conversation. Um, I mean, yeah, it could be a whole conversation because I, sure. I, I could posit that uh, <laughs> dynamics are one of the most important things that makes a song good. <laughs> I, I agree. And it's interesting too, like watching somebody play guitar that's like, this is a soft part and I'm going to play soft now, but they play the same way just 
kind of quieter mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to there's something that's different between like playing quieter and playing more like reserved or restricted yeah. Yeah. where you're like it's obvious and I, I don't even know how to put words to it very easily besides just showing it in in some respect it could be like changing the notes like changing the pattern you know, yeah i mean like some amount of like your pick attack yeah like, like palm muting some yeah. of that kind of stuff right. just interspersed in there where it's like you can tell that i'm playing soft right now but it's like it wants to be bigger or something mm-hmm. as opposed to just just playing softer yeah um yeah. and so doing that adds a lot of space too i guess mm-hmm. or you know fills up space when it when it comes in mm-hmm. and gets all out of stuff so yeah i uh i really like jose gonzalez a lot and i think i'm gonna be using some things of his in a project that i'm working on that you guys know about but nobody no, else no, that's no. listening Shh. does <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's Jose Gonzalez. There you go. Cool. Cool. My last one. Uh, I was, I was telling you earlier that I was deciding between a couple of them, but I wanted to kind of shed a little light on uh, create, like creating space from an individual instrument perspective and how you can still have a really full song. I know we've kind of talked about this, but like you can still have a really full song that leaves a lot of space and kind of how that, how the word tension, uh, fits Mm -hmm, in there. mm -hmm. Um, and and I, I guess it's hard to define exactly what, what we mean by creating tension in a song, but it's uh, to me, it's kind of like that longing for the next note, like for the, the A, the resolution, or B, just like the next thing. Maybe you know what's going to happen because it's like, you know, repeated, you know, a, a main riff might be repeated or something like that, but it's that building up to it. And I think this song does a really good job, especially the the guitar riff and just the the beat to it in general, the pattern that it follows, uh, the guitar is doing like a, a buildup. It's bum, bum, bum. And then, so like you kind of expect that resolution and then you, you kind of get that, but then you also don't cause it falls back down, but in a different way, like a <laughs> different way than you would expect it. Um, and then this song also does many, many other things that create tension in it. Uh, but we'll go ahead and listen to it first, and then I'll talk about it some more. And I want you to listen closely to the time signature change, of which there's a pretty prominent one, uh, and the drums in particular, the swing beat that's played on the drums. And I will talk about that more afterwards. This is uh, Me and Your Mama by Childish Gambino. super halftime <laughs> yeah. that. so that song basically goes from you know uh, like a ragtime 4-4 beat to like a straight up 6-8 kind of sludgy nasty uh, rhythm change there and that's uh, to me that creates tension so this is about a minute and a half into the song and up until that point you've got nothing but complete electronic uh, like a uh, electronic, you know, drum machine, and then some like synthesizers and minor pianos, and they've been doing that s- like a full on six eight rhythm, and it's just been like slowly creeping in, and then right at the beginning of that part that I just played is the first time that you hear, I guess, real instruments like an mm-hmm. acoustic drum kit and mm-hmm. electric guitar and stuff like that, um, and so already like you've you've introduced that new new part into it which kind of relieves a little bit of tension but it also changes time signatures on you so it goes from that like six eight to a four four 
but then it like before we get too comfortable in that new zone it goes right back to that that mm-hmm. six eight like drag time and that introduces more tension and it also creates more space in the notes because the mm-hmm. the the rhythm or the the riff rather is still the same there's no new notes being played it's just in a different time signature so it's it's very interesting how like that can create space in and of itself because you have to hold out those notes longer mm-hmm. and you want that like i was saying before you have that that build up bum 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 and then you want it to just kind of fall into one note but it goes bum 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 so it's mm-hmm. like that chromatic drop down mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily as satisfying as you want it to be <laughs> um which i don't know i think is is very interesting but the the drums in that song are also doing you know that swing beat and i think a good swing like beat, shuffle kind of thing yeah it's, it's yeah. like yeah. a, a instead of you know the, the purge you could easily go you know but they you know this in this if you listen to hi-hats so that creates maybe like more of an illusion of space that's you know there's there's a lot more space in between the individual notes and then like it kind of plays catch up a little bit uh, same with the kick drum and I guess even the guitar riff. And, you know, if you listen to bum, 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 mm-hmm. so everything kind of falls. It's, it's very staccato, which also obviously creates space mm-hmm. instead of, you know, holding out the whole note or half note or whatever. It's all very short, you know, dotted eighth notes and things like that. Also, it's just a really, really good song. <laughs> <laughs> well, that helps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this whole album is fantastic. If you haven't listened to this record, please do. It's so good. Hmm. But anyways yeah so so that kind of gives an idea of how like individual instrumentation um can all work together to still leave enough openness in the song but still fill it out um yeah and use different and complex rhythms and you know build tension and do all those things at once and that's not super easy for a song to do yeah, but, yeah. yeah. it's true i agree mm-hmm. i disagree Ooh. Oh. and here's why <laughs> Here's my five point dissertation on that. Uh, so for my last thing, like it was really funny. I thought about the first two, and I was like, "Yeah, I definitely want to talk about those." And I was having some trouble thinking about my third thing. And then as soon as I thought about it, I was like, "Yep, nope, one hundred percent. That's what I'm doing. This is amazing. Um, I'm amazing." Um, <laughs> no, you are. You are. Don't let anyone tell you. It's that dad. He took body. off his shirt. Woo! <laughs> um, no, so it's back I, on now. <laughs> he put it back on. Wow, so fast. <laughs> uh, so fast. Uh, I really, really wanted to talk about Kevin Devine. Um, he is somebody. You can that, if you want. I can. I'm going to. You oh, can't cool. stop me. Um, he's somebody that I. I'm not like a super fan or anything. I'm. I'm really only like tangentially even a fan. I, I like Kevin Devine. I think his music's pretty cool. I mostly found out about him because of Manchester Orchestra, um, because I love Manchester Orchestra, and he did some work with them in a project called Bad Books, which is basically Manchester Orchestra plus Kevin Devine. Um, also, two super good albums. Uh, Kevin Devine, though, is a fantastic songwriter. He is just... He's one of those guys that can just write songs that are stories about people, and man, they're just always so good, and they have such great emotion, and the dude's got such an emotive voice, Um, and a lot of what he does now is, you know, when he plays live, it's a lot of very acoustic-driven stuff, but a lot of his albums have a lot of, um, like, almost punk rock elements, like, or influence to it, Um, a lot of kind of that same, like, Manchester Orchestra-style stuff, where it's, like, really big parts, brand-new style kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and so the song I wanted to talk about was a song called Brother's Blood. 
from his album A Matter of Time. And we're actually going to go ahead and listen to sort of the ending refrain of that song. Um, it's this big, crazy, chaotic thing um, that has like a really noisy guitar solo and Kevin Devine singing. And that's what you're going to hear. So that's the album version of Brothers Blood. And, you know, there's a lot going on there. Really noisy guitar solo, all this stuff. And Kevin Devine kind of like screaming over it and all this stuff. Um, a couple years ago, Manchester Orchestra, Brand New, and Kevin Devine were all going to play at the Ryman. And me and like the entire band that I was playing with were like, awesome. We love all three of those. We definitely want to go see him. I had seen Kevin Devine before. And is like, Kevin Devine, for context, is he from a different band? No, he really he just, just does his solo stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, he's toured with Brand New before and, and like done his solo act and toured with Manchester Orchestra also and again played with Bad Books and did all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the last time I had seen Manchester Orchestra in Nashville, he had also opened for them then and like had his band or whatever and they did a lot of neat things. Um and so when we saw that they were going to be playing at the Ryman, it was like, cool, this is three really great bands that we all really love, and we're going to go see them and all this stuff. Super cool. So Kevin Devine was the first band that played, and he actually played with a little bit of uh, He usually plays with a four-piece, but this time he was just in a three-piece. He just had a bass player and a drummer playing with him, and he was playing electric. And it was still really full-sounding. Like, his music still sounded really good, and, like, they were doing, he's having a good time. Like, he does a little jumping thing that's really fun. And, and I mean, like, it's just it, he was just having a really good time. Sounded divine. Sounded divine. <laughs> and then for his last song at the Ryman, he did Brother's Blood. Well, without having another guitar player, like he can't do the singing part and the guitar part together. And so what he did instead is he had everything kind of stripped back for that part and sort of like played a couple chords on his electric as he stepped away from the mic and into the Ryman and just did this. don't want to stop watching it no i know <laughs> it's so good it's just such a like enrapturing moment and man mm. you want to talk about the ryman being Ooh, silent ooh, yeah. yeah everybody was kind of like chattering during a lot of that set because i mean it's yeah. the very opener and i'm sure there were a lot of people there that didn't know who he was mm-hmm. it like silent yeah except for that one guy that chuckles right next to the guy taking this yeah video. of course I, sorry for the video quality it's <laughs> you know a random video that somebody was taking at the ryman but dude Kevin Devine straight up stole that show because right after he gets done with this part, it never builds back up anything. Yeah. He just like plays the last like mm. chord of the song or whatever and people lost their mm. minds. Like Manchester Orchestra got up afterwards and were like, well, <laughs> we have to follow that. <laughs> I don't I don't play live very often anymore, but that's the kind of thing that I miss. Yeah. Just like, because 
especially there'd be a lot of times, you know, playing at Bonhoeffer's, which mm-hmm. is a thing. It was a, a church that would put on a coffee house here in Murfreesboro. And so we'd have just a bunch of other, you know, college local kids bands and stuff. playing and stuff. And so when I was in college, we'd, I'd play there or I'd play there in a band or whatever. And it was just a lot of fun. But at the same time, a lot of people would come there to socialize. So it was yeah. pretty hard to get everybody's attention. Yeah. But then every once in a while, like certain songs, it just, it would just work kind of and i'd be like whatever <laughs> like, yeah. i'm doing this yeah. and so you know maybe that kind of thing or mm-hmm. something else like that where it's like people can't help but like if i'm not paying attention to this i would feel rude or yeah. just like what's going on mm-hmm. where either they're intrigued or in a good way or a bad way but either way like yeah. i don't know i feel it's like just I, interesting I, i'd like to think that something like that demands your attention yeah it kind of does and that most people would stop to pay attention to it because they're like enthralled by what's yeah. going on as opposed to everyone else is being quiet so i guess uh, i yeah. should yeah <laughs> like, yeah and like background coffee house music is just like that's a real thing where some people will just be in the back like oh we're playing music you guys go do your own thing Have yeah, fun. Yeah, and i'm yeah, like yeah. I'm not because you're at a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a different environment. If you're playing in like a public coffee shop, that's like you really, really right. are just like in a space where some people were just trying to come here to like talk to each other. Yeah, and I totally get that. If totally. you're like coming to Bonhoeffer's, right. which is specifically like there's music mm-hmm. and there happens to be some coffee there. Yep, that's more of a like eh, I'm gonna demand your attention for a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so if it's man, more those are of fun days. Than like a bar yeah. of yeah, any yeah, kind. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, watch watch the music. Pay attention to that. Like yeah, chit chat. That's fine. I mean, yeah. good times. But man, yeah, this this particular like the the whole band that I played with or whatever, we left that like holy cow, <laughs> that was amazing. Because I I again I had seen Kevin Devine before and he that performance specifically just left me like, oh god, oh, yeah. that was so <laughs> well, there's good. Like, first of all, I mean, there's so much passion in, mm-hmm. in his voice yeah, there. But second of all, like it takes so much guts to do something like that to just pretty much not play your guitar, you know, just you know finger the the main mm-hmm. chords or whatever yeah, the and, only guitar sound you hear is just him like pressing yeah the he's not even he's neck. not even picking and then also if i was there i'd be wa- i mean i was watching that mm-hmm. not hoping that his voice would crack but expecting it <laughs> yeah. to and like that tension of like oh please don't mess this up <laughs> it, it's so high like it got my adrenaline the going. fact also that nobody else in the crowd was singing along mm, right yeah it's right. really surprised like because i feel like in a lot of those times people would be like all right now's my time to try. there's yeah. no music i Everyone will hear sing this part <laughs> i live in nashville hear me roar <laughs> yeah like, pretty much yeah we oh, hope man it's such a thing um yeah and so yeah the fact that everybody was just like who cares about me like what's oh, going yeah. on here i just yeah. want to watch cool. this and yeah this and, yeah it was such a cool moment and uh, it's it's immediately what I thought about because again like that part to me is not I mean like the the regular way it's recorded is still cool and I'm sure in a live setting like it's still cool like everybody getting really crazy but man the just rapture of everybody just watching yep and just like holy cow this is such a unique moment and you see his passion and like the way that he's singing like the content of what he's singing about and just like the depth of mm-hmm. him in that moment is just so so touching hmm. i don't know it's crazy yeah. and it leaves a lot of space and it leaves a lot of space <laughs> that's what we think about the final frontier <laughs> what do you think about it let us know on the socials media Make sure to tweet this at neil degrasse tyson Ooh. all week <laughs> Ooh, and yes. uh William Shatner and Captain Kirk and Kirk Franklin and <laughs> Kirk Franklin, yep. Patrick Stewart, yep. Um, Anyone else? And McKellen. 
uh, randomly, <laughs> just because he's friends with Patrick Stewart, yeah. not because of anything Star Trek related. Uh, you're going X Men, right? From there, sure. or just friends? Sure, never mind. Ignore no, I mean me. like they—they they just actually are friends. Yeah, just no, buds. I know, which yeah. is so fun. Yeah. I mean, I always group them together. Yep. They're just buddies. Yeah. Um, Good old pals. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, if you like this, maybe this is your first episode. Maybe it's not. Maybe this is your 26th episode and you're still not leaving reviews on iTunes. <laughs> shame. Uh, shame. 100% shame I don't mean on it, you. but kind of. Leave us a review. Tell us if you if you don't like it. I don't know why you've listened to 26 episodes. But if you don't like yeah, it, then that's say so. I don't you mean, just hate yourself, I guess. I guess, yeah. Or maybe you just... I, maybe you like it uh, by some small miracle. Maybe you like it and it's good. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's your favorite podcast. Mm, that'd be mm. cool. Mm. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, get at us on the Instagram and the Facebook and the Twitter. Um, yeah, we'll have a new fun episode for you next week. About chaos, probably. Yeah, yeah. probably about chaos. Let's give an example of the chaos, chaos right now. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> So every song will sound like that, mostly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, that yeah, was thanks. great. Do you guys have any more thoughts? Blue. Uh, tacos. tacos. Orange juice. Beer. Mm-hmm. Sound panel. Uh, bass guitar. These you, are just my thoughts. This definitely is what I'm tacos thinking and orange juice, 100%. Well, like yeah. mixed together? No. Yeah, yeah. dipped. Oh, okay. Oh, you dip wow. that orange juice in that taco. Well, it depends. I mean, if you're exactly. calling the like, pre-processed cheese like the orange juice, mm. then yeah. Ooh, definitely down for that. Ooh, that orange juice from processed cheese. <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. So anyways. <laughs> anyways, uh, I guess that's it. Bye. Yeah.